Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this podcast, I share the knowledge, tips, and strategies that you need to get healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. Real quick, before I review the main points for today's episode, I wanted to do a listener shout out. This is a review left on Apple Podcasts from AA Co. And I don't know who you are, AA Co., but you said these podcasts are fantastic. They are full of great information for anyone, even those under 50. Morgan provides real life solutions for getting healthier and feeling better physically and mentally. I work in the fitness industry and fully support her great suggestions, motivations, and ideas. She backs everything up with science. Give it a try. AA Co., you just made my day. Thank you so much for that sweet, sweet review. I'm glad that you're getting a ton of value from this podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you haven't subscribed yet, that would mean a lot to me if you did. Please take the time to do that today on your favorite platform. And if you're feeling extra nice like AA Co., you could leave me a review and let me know what you think. Those subscriptions and reviews help the podcast get seen by and in turn help as many people as possible. All right, let's go ahead and get started. I have a big episode for you today. I spent hours researching this topic to provide you with the most concrete, meaningful ways to boost your metabolism. And I broke that research down into practical tips that you can start using right away. First, I'll briefly review the basics about metabolism so I know that you know what I mean when I say metabolism. Next, I'll share with you five things you can do to boost your metabolism. I like helping people determine where they should focus their time and their energy. So that's where I decided to take this episode. I left the little stuff out and just focused on the big picture. As you probably already know, if you don't have great nutrition and health habits going into your late 20s and early 30s, it's likely that you are gaining weight as you age. Worse, it's probably harder to get off and keep off than it used to be when you were younger. That's because your metabolism naturally slows down with age, and it slows down with traditional weight loss by just reducing your calories. I always like to use the analogy of money to explain how your metabolism slows down when you eat less food. Think about if you made $30,000 a year and you didn't save any money. You spent what you made. Then all of a sudden you got a pay cut and you only made $20,000 a year. It would be unwise to continue your your current $30,000 a year spending habits. So you quickly back down to lower your spending habits and adjust to your new income level. Well, that's what your body does when losing weight through traditional caloric restriction. Your metabolism slows down to its new quote-unquote food income because it doesn't want to starve to death and go bankrupt. Your body doesn't want to lose weight. Your hormones are wired to keep the status quo. That's why the longer you've had excess weight, the harder it is to lose it. You have to outlast and outsmart your hormones to lose weight and keep it off. If that piqued your interest, you are going to like what I share with you today. 
Think of these five tips to boost your metabolism as a way to trick your body into losing more weight. Some are easy fixes like drinking more water, but others take a a sincere and consistent effort. There are no quick fixes for lasting weight loss and lifelong health. You have to put your skin in the game, you have to do the work, and you have to be consistent. If you are ready to do that, these tips will greatly serve you to reach your goals faster. Even if you aren't ready to go all in on your weight loss, you can still gain some helpful insight into some low-hanging fruit that would be pretty easy to change to start improving your health. So hang in there with me. Let's go ahead and get started by reviewing some basic information about metabolism so we're all on the same page. Metabolism is the process of converting the food that you eat into energy. Your metabolic rate and total energy expenditure are one and the same. So from here on out in this podcast, I might use those two, ter- those two terms somewhat interchangeably. And here's the actual equation. Total energy expenditure, or your metabolic rate, equals your basal metabolic rate, plus the thermogenic effect of food, plus non-exercise activity thermogenesis, plus excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, plus exercise. So first, I want to define your basal metabolic rate. That's the amount of energy that your body burns at rest on a daily basis. In other words, it's the number of calories required to keep your body functioning while you're not doing any physical activities. And your basal metabolic rate makes up between 60 and 75% of your total energy expenditure. So it's the majority of the calories that we burn in a day. Your basal metabolic rate is affected by a lot of different things. And I'm just going to list some off here. Genetics, gender, with the, the basal metabolic rate is generally higher in men, and it's higher in younger people. It's going to drop with age. That's a big reason why your metabolism, your metabolic rate drops with age. Your basal metabolic rate will generally increase with the more muscle mass that you have. It increases with height. Um, increases or decreases with diet. So this is the part um, that will speed up if you eat more healthy food or it will slow down if you're just restricting your calories. It can be affected by your body temperature, um, external temperature, so if you're in a hot or a cold environment, um, and then organ function. When I say metabolism, I'm really talking about your total energy expenditure. Now that we have that covered, I'm going to share with you five research-backed ways to boost your metabolism. As I mentioned before, I combed through many different studies, and I've linked to several of those studies in the show notes for your reference if you want to take a deeper look into one of these areas. You can find all of the show notes at reshapept.com forward slash blog forward slash 10, the number 10. My first tip may come as a surprise to many of you who have been taught your whole life that you have to eat less food to lose weight, because my first tip is to actually eat more food, especially more protein. 
Protein causes the largest thermogenic effect of food. Remember that that was one part of the total energy expenditure or metabolic rate equation. Protein increases your metabolic rate by 15 to 30% compared to just 5 to 10% for carbohydrates and 0 to 3% for fats. This means that it takes your body more energy to break down protein than it does to break down carbohydrates or fats. You also need protein to build and maintain your muscle mass when losing weight. In a previous podcast episode, I created a freebie that walks you through how to calculate your protein needs, and it also had a few of my favorite plant-based protein recipes. I'll link to that in the show notes for you, um, so you can go check that out and calculate your protein needs and then get a couple yummy recipes. Unlike refined and processed carbs, Protein and fat stimulate the release of your satiety hormones, which are the hormones that make you feel full. Think about how you feel after eating a high-protein shake or a bunch of beans or a steak or a good-sized piece of chicken. You likely feel pretty full and satisfied compared to if you ate the same amount of calories in chocolate cake or pop. Not only does the sugar in the cake and the pop stimulate your dopamine or your feel-good hormone receptors, making you want more and more of it, but the refined flour and sugar doesn't stimulate those same satiety hormones, which makes it a lot easier to overeat these very sweet foods. Protein helps you stay feeling fuller for longer after a meal, and you're going to be less likely to want seconds or to snack later. Remember that the majority of your metabolism comes from your basal metabolic rate, which can go up or down by about 40 to 50% based on your food intake. And that figures from the obesity code book by Dr. Jason Fung. Remember that money analogy that I shared with you earlier? That's why just eating less food doesn't work for lasting weight loss. Your body will just slow down its basal metabolic rate to make up for the difference in caloric deficit. My second tip to majorly boost your metabolism is to drink lots of water. Replacing sugary or artificially sweetened beverages with water will definitely lower your insulin levels and body set weight. But remember, while zero calorie drinks don't have any calories, they still have artificial sweeteners that can raise your blood insulin levels. And it's insulin that we want to lower when losing weight. So don't be tricked by the fancy packaging. Let's talk for a bit about artificially sweetened beverages. You may be thinking, how can something raise my insulin levels if it doesn't have any calories? Let me explain that there are three main ways that insulin is released. The first is by the actual food itself, specifically carbohydrates, because these are going to break down into blood sugar. And again, there's three main types of carbohydrates. There's starches, there's sugars, and there's fiber. And here I'm talking about the starches and the sugars. The fibers are going to usually pass through your body. So when you eat starches and sugars, Insulin is released from your pancreas to move this blood sugar, because it breaks down into glucose or blood sugar, from your blood into your cells to be used for energy or be stored for later use. So that's the first way that you can stimulate insulin. The second is from your incretin hormones. And these are hormones made in your gut that are released after you eat 
and they cause the pancreas to release even more insulin. The third is from something called your cephalic phase insulin response, and that's triggered by the sight, smell, and taste of food, as well as chewing and swallowing. Artificial sweeteners will trigger this cephalic phase insulin response and cause your blood insulin levels to rise, even though your blood sugar levels don't actually go up because the beverage is calorie free. This is why diet pop has been shown to not aid in weight loss, and most research indicates that people who drink diet pop are heavier than non-pop drinkers. In the obesity code, Dr. Fung reports that sucralose, which is a type of artificial sweetener with no calories, raised insulin by 20%, and stevia and aspartame caused a higher blood insulin response than even table sugar. I wanted to make this really concrete for you, so I looked at the ingredients for a few popular non-caloric beverages to point out the type of artificial sweetener that they contained, and I would encourage you to do the same the next time you're about to buy one of these types of drinks. The ice sparkling beverages and Gatorade Zero have sucralose. Diet Coke, Coke Zero, Diet Pepsi, and Pepsi Zero have aspartame. Bi has erythritol and stevia. From research I can find, erythritol does not significantly raise blood sugar or insulin levels. It's a type of sugar alcohol, and those can sometimes upset your stomach, especially if you have too much of them. Instead of these artificially sweetened beverages, you're going to be better off if you want a sparkling water that's naturally essenced or naturally flavored like bubbly or LaCroix. So water, especially in larger amounts, um, more than the traditional eight cups a day, is still your best hydration option. One study found that 500 milliliters of water increases metabolic rate by 30% in both men and women. And the increase in metabolic rate was observed within 10 minutes after completion, so after drinking the 500 milliliters of water, and reached a maximum 30 to 40 minutes after water drinking. Now that elevated metabolic rate was sustained for more than an hour. Water helps fill your stomach and raises your metabolic rate. So I would recommend trying to drink water before a meal and keep drinking it during a meal to make it less likely that you're gonna wanna overeat. My third tip to majorly boost your metabolism is to optimize your workouts. And I have two ideas for you to boost your metabolism by switching up your workout routine. The first is to try high intensity interval training and the second is to add more strength training to your current routine. So let's first talk about high intensity interval training. For many years, continuous steady state aerobic exercise has been the go-to for many adults looking to get in shape. This would include things like walking or running at the same pace for 20 minutes. The point is that you're doing something at the same intensity for an extended period of time. Research is showing that high intensity interval training can be just as, if not more effective, at improving your endurance and heart health. It's also been shown to have a greater excess post-exercise oxygen consumption. That's part of your metabolic rate equation. And this means that your body has to expend more energy to repair tissue than it does with steady state aerobic training. 
And that means that it's going to raise your metabolism for a longer amount of time following your workout. High intensity interval training involves repeated bouts of high intensity efforts that range from five seconds to eight minutes, followed by recovery periods of varying lengths of time. And that's the most standard definition that I could find, but you get the general principle. You do something intense and then you do something less intense. High intensity interval training can consist of doing strength intervals, aerobic intervals, or a combination of both, which is personally my favorite. I really like the high intensity interval training workout DVD um, by Jillian Michaels. It's called Ripped in 30, and it consists of four different 24 minute workouts that you can do at home with a set of hand weights, and they're intense. It's an intense 24 minutes, but it's modifiable. So if you're not in the best shape, you can downplay some of the movements. And I will link to that DVD in the show notes for today's episode so that you can go check it out. It's done me well for over 10 years now. I still use the same workout DVD because I like it that much. Aside from a high intensity workout DVD, another idea would be to mix up your walking routine. If you're used to just walking at the same pace for half an hour or 60 minutes, you can mix that up by doing hill walking. So you're going to have a higher intensity, of course, walking uphill than downhill. You could get on a treadmill and adjust the incline. You could walk at an incline for two minutes and then take it back down to a level surface for two minutes. Or if you're more advanced, a workout that I've done in the past that I really liked um, was to use incline walking for your rest break. So I would walk at an incline for two minutes and then I would sprint for two minutes. There's really endless possibilities here for how to do high intensity interval training. You could even use YouTube or Google and get a ton of workout ideas. The other type of workout that will increase your metabolic rate is strength training. And I preach the many benefits of strength training frequently in this podcast for good reason. Strength training is so important, especially as you age, because you're going to lose muscle mass naturally. Strength training can help prevent or at least slow that loss of muscle to preserve your joint health. And it's, you're going to have less joint pain. You'll have improved mobility and function, better muscle tone, and a faster walking speed. The stronger you are, the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolism, because muscle mass requires more energy to maintain than fat mass. Strength training is especially important when losing weight to prevent plateaus and help keep the weight that you worked so hard to lose off. I wanted to quickly remind you that strength training is not enough to build muscle. You also have to be getting enough protein in your diet. Spacing your protein throughout the day versus having a bunch at lunch or dinner has also been shown to enhance your body's ability to build muscle. Tip number four to boost your metabolism is to get enough sleep. There is growing interest and evidence that sleep loss and sleep disorders have a significant impact on metabolism. Lab studies have clearly shown that sleep deprivation can alter the glucose metabolism and hormones involved in regulating metabolism. And that is decreased leptin levels and increased ghrelin levels. Now, leptin is the hormone that tells you, I'm full, please stop eating. So when you don't get enough sleep, that hormone goes down and you're more likely to crave food and overeat. 
At the same time, your levels of ghrelin are going to be higher, and ghrelin is your hunger hormone. So you're going to have uh, more sensations of being hungry if you're sleep deprived. And I did an entire workshop presentation all about how chronic sleep deprivation and stress can negatively impact your hormones in a way that will make it more likely that you're going to gain weight. And I will definitely link to that workshop in the show notes so you can check it out. My last tip to boost your metabolism is to move more throughout the day. And this falls under the non-exercise thermogenesis category in the metabolic rate equation or the total energy expenditure equation. Essentially, every bit of movement throughout the day counts. And moving more throughout the day, whether that's just standing up from your desk, walking a lap around the house, doing a lunge stretch to stretch your hip flexors or a forward bend to stretch your hamstrings, all of that's gonna add up and you're gonna have improved mobility and less pain. All right, I gave you a lot to think about today. Let's review some of the main points. First, your metabolism slows down with age, so it's important to combat that through lifestyle changes so that you can have the highest function and quality of life possible. I gave you five research-backed tips to majorly boost your metabolism, and those were to eat more, especially more protein, drink lots of water, Optimize your workouts by trying some high-intensity interval training and adding strength training to your current workout routine. Get enough sleep and move more throughout the day. Now, just a caveat, when I say eat more, I hope you know that I mean eat more high-quality, nutrient-dense, whole, real, unprocessed food. That doesn't give you permission to just go eat more junk. So to make this information really actionable for you today, I want you to just pick one area that I spoke about and make an implementation intention for that specific area to start actually changing your behavior because knowing what to do is not enough. You also actually have to get it done. And an implementation intention goes something like this. I will insert the behavior at insert a time in And then you put the location, because, and then you put your why reason, why you want to get healthy. You could also use a habit stacking technique to try and build one habit on top of a habit that already exists. So for example, every time I get up and go to the bathroom, when I'm at work, I'll walk an extra lap around the office and stretch my legs so that I will have less joint pain at the end of the day. While I like to give you lots of ideas during these podcasts, remember that change takes time and that is okay. I would rather you put 100% of your effort into changing just one or two health habits at a time than try to move too fast and not actually get anything done. That wraps it up for today. I'm really excited for next week's episode too because I have a special guest with me. Her name's Toby Amador and she's a registered dietitian. She's going to share some really helpful and practical information for how to structure your meals better, especially if you have diabetes. I hope you tune back in next week to hear that interview. I'll talk with you then, and remember that you can always reach out to me with any questions on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Reshape Physical Therapy, or you can email info at reshapept.com. Bye for now.